For us, there's a higher calling. And that's why uh, a good Christian should find themselves in good trouble, as John Lewis said, from time to time. And all they're trying to do is not be political or partisan, as some would accuse us of. But we're trying to live out heavenly citizenship, you know, in an earthly context. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm Melissa Rao, your host, and this is a conversation inspired by Bishop Wright's Four Faith Weekly Devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's For Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Now, throughout Lent, Bishop Wright is doing a video series, Growing in the Wilderness. And you can check that out at EpiscopalAtlanta.org. Hey, Bishop. Here we go. Here we go. How are you doing? Okay. So you named your devotion this week, Order. Yes. And it's about how chaotic our lives can be when we forget how God would have us order our lives. Yes. First on loving God yep. and next on loving our neighbor. That's right. And so can you say more about your statement, out of chaos, Jesus brings order? Yeah. So, well, you know, this is the second installment in our Lenten series called Growing in the Wilderness. And so uh, I'm looking at the lessons uh, and I'm trying to distill what I think are areas of growth for all of us uh, in this wilderness that we live in right now and this this wilderness that we're sort of using uh, called Lent, these, these series of weeks where we can be intentional. And so as I read along with St. Paul, right, in, uh, in um, his third chapter, in the book of Philippians, I hear Paul say that we are citizens of heaven. Uh, we're, we're a colony of heaven on earth. That's amazing, isn't it? And so what, what, what Paul is saying and Jesus lived was is that, that we are here for a particular purpose. We're here to bear a particular witness uh, that any citizenship that we bear is secondary here on earth to our primary citizenship which is heavenly. In other words, you and I are a colony of ambassadors wherever we find ourselves, right? We are the beloved of God living amongst the beloved of God to increase belovedness in the earth, right? That's the purpose. And so so we ought to think of ourselves as a beachhead and an outpost uh, of the beloved community wherever we find ourselves. And to think in those terms, right, that my citizenship first and foremost is primarily of God, heavenly, and then, in my case, I'm an American citizen secondarily, and that my American citizenship should be formed by my heavenly citizenship first and foremost, and not the reverse, right? Right. So what we're talking about here then is order. St. Paul is trying to say, hey, Philippians, I sure love you. He always gushes over the Philippians. So they must, they may, maybe they're great people. Maybe they have great food or great parties, great music. I don't know what they have, but he gushes over them all the time. Or maybe they just get it right. But he's saying, hey, remember, as you go forward here, remember first things first, right? Don't, my, don't major in the minors, major in the majors. And the major for us, the way we order our lives is first, Love God with heart, mind, soul, and strength. Number two, love neighbor as self. That's our North Star. 
right? And so, so, so when I think about that and I think about Lent, then, and I think about this Lent in the wilderness and all that, maybe we ought to grow in our commitment to that order. Because sometimes when we're out of order, right, we got chaos. Okay, so I love this line. Into shame, greed, and selfishness, God sends heaven. Yeah. And so you go on to talk about citizenship like you were just talking about. And I'm wondering, what does it mean to be a citizen of heaven? Like, can you say more about the responsibility of baptism? <laughs> well, sure I can. So so how is God growing God's colony of heaven? How is God making new citizens of heaven, right? I mean, the stork is not dropping us off, right? I mean, so we you know, babies are being born and in our tradition we baptize uh, babies in addition to adults when they present themselves for. So so what we're saying is by water and spirit in this ancient ritual that even Jesus submitted himself to is how we make new citizens. If you've ever been to courthouses, et cetera, and you've seen people uh, pledge allegiance now that, you know, sort of they, they stop saying, uh, they, they wave off any uh, allegiances to former uh, countries that they're sort of from, right? And they then they take up a new set of allegiances, right, uh, to their new country. So if you've ever seen American citizens be born, they have to sort of uh, refuse now um, their former citizenship and adopt their new citizenship. That's what's happening for us in baptism, right? And if we're baptizing babies, we're saying those promises for them. We're going to raise them up uh, in Christian homes and show them what that looks like so that they'll be formed. But if we're being baptized as adults, we're seriously uh, fending off old citizenship and adopting new citizenship. And so what are the markers of the citizenship? I'm glad you asked. Well, for us, at least, it's in the baptismal covenant, right? Will you pray? Will you will you show up in worship? Will you study the word? Will you treat people with dignity? Uh, will you strive for justice? When you fall, I love how it builds that in. When you fall, not if you fall, because we're not perfect people. When I fall, all of us fall short of the glory of God. When I fall, will you repent and return to the Lord, right? All those sorts of things. So these are the constituent parts of citizenship. And then we read, for us, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We want to see what Jesus actually did. And then we want to replicate that wherever we are as best we can, right? Understanding that we'll never get it perfect. We'll never finish it. But it's in the intention. It's in, it's in the, uh, um, the aptitude. It's in all wanting to do this to please God, right? This is how we continue to thrive in our, our uh, citizenship. Now, our citizenship looks different. Uh, as citizens of heaven than worldly citizenship, right? So, I mean, all I have to do to be a good citizen here, right, is to sort of, you know, pay my taxes, you know, in my subdivision, keep my lawn nice, you know, and uh, those sorts of things, right, uh, to not be criminal. Uh, and I could go the extra mile. I could be helpful, uh, those sorts of things. I could participate in things that are, you know, I could pick up trash. Those are good. Those are all wonderful things, right? To be a good neighbor, to be a good citizen. I could vote, right? Though all those things that we know. Now, to be a heavenly citizen, you know, I am here to enlarge Jesus's priorities. And the world's priorities and Jesus's priorities are oftentimes very different. So, so, so to be a heavenly citizen is to prioritize Jesus's definition of what heavenly citizenship looks like over and against when they come into conflict 
in my case, your case, American citizenship. And that's the hard part. And, and, and in that hard part, I mean, in a dramatic example, this is why Dr. King says that uh, the Vietnam War was wrong. He, because he's trying to say we are heavenly citizens. And so, therefore, killing people in Southeast Asia is wrong. Uh, as a heavenly citizen, we have to say to uh, uh, Vladimir Putin, what you're doing is wrong right now. Right? We have to say to our own governments, uh, when you don't take care of the sick, uh, when you don't care, take care of, uh, you know, of the poor, uh, when you don't uh, treat the people who make our food and pick our food, if you don't treat them with compassion and equity, you're wrong. Uh, so for us, the market bottom line is not the bottom line, right? Uh, that's not the bottom line. For us, there's a higher calling. And that's why uh, a good Christian should find themselves in good trouble, as John Lewis said, from time to time. And all they're trying to do is not be political or partisan, as some would accuse us of. But we're trying to live out heavenly citizenship you know, amidst, an, you know, in an earthly context. Mm. Oh, let's talk more about that right after a short break. Hi, listeners. This is your producer, Easton Davis, thanking you for listening to Four People, a space of digital evangelism. We are in week three of Growing in the Wilderness, a five-part Lenten video series from Bishop Wright. Watch each week with a friend and download the Reflection Guide to take a deeper dive. Join us in keeping a holy Lent. Learn more at EpiscopalAtlanta.org. And now back to Four People. Welcome back to Four People. Uh, Bishop, I need to confess something. So lately, I have this weird feeling that's kind of really hard to put into words. It's one of frustration and resignation. Like I'm just so fed up with the political BS uh, because quite honestly, it's exhausting. And no matter what side of the political divide we fall, literally no matter which side, I feel like we're all missing a huge point that God transcends it all. And you were talking before the break about citizenship and, you know, the word dual citizen kept coming in mind. And I'm like, I wonder, is that even a thing? Well, Paul doesn't seem to think so. Paul seems to think that first things first, Paul seems to think we are citizens of heaven living in an earthly context. And I, I tend to adopt that. Now, my wife uh, is from Jamaica, as many people know, and for, for many years, uh, she w had a green card. She was a resident alien. How about that phrase? She was a resident. And I always thought that was funny. And so when when uh, when we would fly to Jamaica, myself and the kids would be in one line. We all had U.S. passports. And she would be in another line, uh, you know, with a Jamaican passport and her green card, a re resident alien. And so what I say in the meditation is, is that some of the sick and tired that we feel, you and I feel as we engage the world as it is, is 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 this is this um, nagging feeling of not being at home, right? I think this is one of the reasons why the song says, sometimes I feel like a motherless child a long way from home. And what we say sometimes colloquially is, is that when we're talking about earth and we get into this contrast of what is said for us in scripture and how we actually see us living that out and the broken ways that we're living out, we say that this place is not my home, right? I'm passing through. 
I'm a spiritual being having an earthly, uh, an earthly season, an earthly existence. And so, yeah, we should be sick and tired because this place with its virtues and values is not the same as the virtues and values that God commends to us in scripture, like sharing, like generosity, like forgiveness, right? Those other sorts of things. And when we try to live that out here, we end up getting kicked in the teeth and punched in the gut, right? <clears throat> so, so what we're being called to, let's strip away all the veneer. What we're being called to do is to bear a witness, something so strikingly different in the world, something enigmatic that people see it and have to at least wonder, what the hell do they know? Or maybe perhaps, what the heaven do they know that I don't know? And you think about the world. Think about the world. Think about our own country. Every time some individual, man or woman, or some group committed to these sorts of ideas have really been sort of um, committed at their core to these ideas, something changes. The change is not immediate, but something changes, right? Uh, you and I being able, you and I are different races. You and I being able to celebrate fellowship, be partners in the work that we're doing right now, was not necessarily possible in the, in the year of my birth, 1964, right? And so, so you know, those people who lived that out, that earth, heavenly citizenship, you know, in advance of 64, uh, some of them didn't leave to see, live to see the possibility. So I ask myself now, what should I be doing now so that people, you know, in 58 years can say, thank God for Melissa and Rob for what they did or didn't do so that we now have, a, we're a little closer to, you know, making heaven uh, earth and earth heaven, right? This is why we pray the way we pray in the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? Um, I said, uh, what's, a, what's, a, what's a wonderful line in the Lord's Prayer? Uh, you know, on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. What Jesus is, is laying out for us right there is that there's a gap. <laughs> and the work is to make progress across the gap. And so he sends you and I or you and I agree to, right? That's the that's the more uh, that's the version with the most agency. You and I agree to, uh, on behalf of Jesus, to go into the fray. So my favorite line of the entire thing is this: is like kind of like as heavenly citizens, citizens of heaven, um, that uh, we are more than our geography, race, gender, socioeconomics, and orientations, and that this is the, this is it. Lines on a map and petty political partisanship are too small to contain what God has planned for us. Yeah. And wants to accomplish it and throw us. And so do you want to riff on that just a little? Well, sure. I mean, I think this is it. I mean, it, it, is, is all you are called to be as an American? I mean, I'm a proud American, but is that all? I mean, isn't God bigger than that? I mean, God is in that, can be in that, but God is also bigger than that. So I'm a world citizen. I'm a citizen of the universe. Right. And so while I'm here and I exist right now in Marietta, Georgia, right, I'm also more than those things. Right. I have brothers and sisters the globe over. Right. I'm a member of the human family. Right. And so we've got to be careful how we chop ourselves up. And so every person that I pay attention to who sort of lived a, a robust life with God, it's amazing how much bigger they get. They get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And so, so I have to care about Ukraine, uh, not because I'm an American, right? I have to care about Ukraine because there are human brothers and sisters, you know, there. I have to care about that. I mean, because we're talking about my family now. And I think if we, if we get called up to that level, 
right? I think that you and I then can begin to you know, think bigger and broader and deeper, and we can stop being these warring tribes, right? I mean, how uncivilized, how uncivilized to go roaring through somebody's country. And bombing, I mean, what, what would that be like where you live if, if bombs just rained down or where you live right now? How uncivilized, right? And then we see these people flee. But it was also true when brown people were fleeing, you know, uh, violence and tyranny, you know, in South America, right? And so, so let us make sure that we have compassion across the entire human family. I think the best way to guarantee that is that if you and I realize that we're heavenly citizens and to be heavenly citizens, we have to understand we're all made in God's image, have equal dignity, worth, and value. And so that calls us up. And whenever you and I get called up to that level and begin to work at that level, then the floor height raises. God bless the United Nations. I mean, you know, it's an imperfect instrument, but God bless them for at least trying to establish an equitable floor height. They're not without sort of mistakes and foibles and all that. And you need somebody way smarter than me to talk about that. But, you know, where would we be without them? Where would we be without NATO, right? So we have these imperfect instruments in the earth, which are trying to raise the floor height on us. I heard uh, Senator Warnock talk about, you know, uh, this planet, you know, as we say in our liturgy, our island home, look, we're stuck here together. You know, the air is the air. The water is the water, <laughs> you know, you know, we are stuck here together. And what's tragic and, and the best piece of evidence about our short-sightedness is, is that look what we're doing to one another and look what we're doing to the things that we need to sustain us. So I, I especially love one of your lines in your devotion today. We can begin again. Yes. And it resonated because I feel like we could be, that can be an everyday mantra for Jesus followers, like reprioritizing and reordering ourselves back to God every day. Well, in fact, it is a, it is a heavenly mantra. It is a scriptural mantra. I mean, it's Jeremiah who says, you know, morning by morning, well, it was made into a song morning by morning, new mercies I see. Right. And so, I mean, I think this is why you and I don't give over ourselves to despair when we read the headlines is because what we realize, I mean, 400 years before Moses walks up to Pharaoh and said, this has got to stop, right? And so so we've got to somehow be stewards of hope, which doesn't make sense in the world, right? We've got to continue to be, you know, what I would call holy fools, right? Which is that we've got to believe that God can intervene. And we've got to believe that every time the sun comes up, we've got a shot, and I don't have to, you know, I, I'm not sitting in the White House and I'm not sitting, you know, in Moscow. But, you know, as, uh, as our friend Greg Ellison, Dr. Greg Ellison says, but, you know, I am responsible for the three feet in front of me. And so maybe today that's enough for me to try to be a heavenly citizen in the three feet that are in front of me. Well, Bishop, thanks for sharing your wisdom as always. And thank you for listening to Four People. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week.